Hello, and welcome back to SAS Stories and Sarcasm. We're your hosts, Mary and Brian, and this is episode 170. Brian, how are you doing? You got back from Texas a few days ago. Yes, yes. Week off. A happy uh, couple days after Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I basically got a full week off of work and plus, you know, the weekend to go back home to San Antonio, Texas to see my mom and my brother over Thanksgiving. Uh, We had a lot of fun. We got to see, I think, I did a lot of uh, watching shows slash movies with my family. So what Uh, all did you watch? So to start off, we watched Dune, which was one of the movies that I had previously mentioned in the podcast on movies that I wanted to see. It's a like a sci-fi epic. Um, it's based off of, uh, you know, a series of novels that won a bunch of awards. It's like, you know, like space Lord of the Rings, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched that. Then, so that was my choice. And then my mom wanted to watch, uh, it's like, I think Belltown. I think that was the the movie. Belfast. Belfast. Yes, Belfast. And basically what that was about was it was about uh, when there was a conflict between the Protestants and the Catholics in Northern Ireland. And basically they were, they're basically, you know, like religious gangs. And there is, it covered the story of one Protestant family in a Catholic neighborhood. And they were, you know, uh, trying to figure out if they needed to leave to, you know, make a better life for themselves elsewhere. But they were worried that, you know, people would make fun of them because of their thick Irish accent and stuff like that. It was more of like a historical documentary, not like the fantasy like Dune was. Mm-hmm. And then in the other uh, show that I watched was The Queen's Gambit. It's been out for a while now, but uh, I recently got access to Netflix (laughs) Um, uh, because my mom switched phone plans and we now have Netflix for a full year. (laughs) Um, By the way, if you guys want to switch Netflix, I have a promo code (laughs) hit me up. Uh, But anyways, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you know, like you get like $50 if you recommend someone to join your phone plan to no not mine but to join t-mobile but anyways that's not the big point of the story the big point of the story (laughs) the big point of the story is uh yeah i really liked queen's gambit uh it followed this american girl uh who you know chess was pretty much like a, a male dominated sport at the time and she was just a child prodigy beating all of uh beating all the guys and then eventually going on to international events and competing against the Russians, which were the, I guess the heavyweights of chess playing. Mm-hmm. And I won't say what happens at the end, but it was a very good, uh, it was a one season uh, mini series. So it's something that you can do on a weekend or a couple of days. So I definitely recommend it. Everyone's that wanted to see it probably have already seen it because it's been out for maybe a year now, maybe even two, but I, I enjoy that as well. Um, let's see what else did I do this Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, I, my family decided since I was going home basically the day after Thanksgiving that we would celebrate, you know, eating the Turkey a little bit early. Um, so we had Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving was on Thursday, I believe. So we, it's always we, on Thursday. Well, yeah, I don't know that, but I'm just telling you guys it was <laughs> on Thursday and, uh, I think we start, made everything on Tuesday. So we had some leftovers to eat while I was still there. So my mom just didn't get left with <laughs> all the leftovers, which was mm-hmm. fun. And you got to see your cat and your dog too. Yep. I got to see Frodo and Hector. Frodo's the dog. Hector's the cat. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was good to be back home, not see gray, cloudy skies of Seattle. It was, it was, it was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mary? How was your Thanksgiving? Sure. So let's see the week before thanks or the weekend before Thanksgiving I actually went down to Portland and I got to see my friend Marina, who's in medical school down there. Uh, we've been friends since middle school. Nice. And so we got to go to some good food places and just hang out and very good to see her. And then for Thanksgiving, so I, I had work up till Thanksgiving after that, but um, on Thanksgiving, went over to my parents' house, put up their Christmas tree, my whole family, and we went over to my aunt and uncle's house on Mercer Island, and we didn't have turkey or most, you know, the traditional Thanksgiving food this year. We had steak and potatoes, and it was very good, and we still had pie for dessert, so it was all, it was all fine. But what kind of pie? We had marionberry and apple. Ooh, those are good. Both were very good. Yeah, I mean, but that was fun to see um, two of my cousins and me and uncle. And yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, and then after that, just been uh, decorating my apartment for Christmas. Um, got my cr- little Christmas tree up that I've had since 2002. And I got a little Grinch tree, like looks like a, a tree that you'd see in the Grinch at Trader Joe's and put up a few other decorations. So that's been fun. And actually today, Brian and I, uh, made gingerbread houses. Um, so last year we did this as well. So it all started because last year Brian wasn't going to be able to go home for uh, Christmas because of COVID. So I was like, what's the tradition that you always remember doing growing up? And you were like, gingerbread, making gingerbread houses. I'm like, okay. So then I bought like gingerbread house kits. And then he's like, yeah, I haven't done this since eighth grade. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, it, I remember it. It was a fun tradition. It was, I'm oh, yeah, glad it, that it, we revived it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we did it last year with just the basic house, but then this year we were looking on the target website and they had like probably 10 different versions yeah, of a gingerbread kit. And so I did a row house. So it's like kind of looks like the painted ladies type house, um, from San Francisco. Uh, Brian did a little village of gingerbread houses. Um, they also had like a tree house, gingerbread house, uh, a beach house, a mansion, a bunch of different ones. And so I thought it was just kind of cool. They're all between, I think, 10 to $20. Um, and it came with all the candy, obviously. So did that today. I had no problems putting together my house. Yeah, I was struggling. I was struggling. All right. I was really struggling. So like, yeah, my last, year, <laughs> last year on the base house, like the normal basic house, uh, I was putting my house together pretty much, you know, in silence, whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden Brian's like, this is just not working. And he had the roof piece and it was sideways and he was trying to use it as one of the walls walls. And I was like, okay, well that's, it has shingles on the, on the design. This is not the right thing. (laughs) So anyways, he, for some reason thought it'd be fun to make a village, the village kit that has four houses in it. I think that was the most complex. (laughs) Yeah. That was even more complex because you had to make four standing little houses mine were like three houses but they're all standing right next to each other like touching each other but yeah I feel like you had a very difficult time but it came through it it was very difficult I think you were done with your setting up all three of your homes by the time I was and by the time you're done with that I was still working on my first of four homes trying to get it to stay up straight (laughs) yeah it is it's not it was not easy because uh basically it came in a little uh well it's like this uh all the pieces you had to cut out basically well they were they were like pre pre pre-made and kind of like it showed you where to cut but then it was your cookies for some reason were hard to cut apart 
mine were pretty easy to cut apart. Uh, yes, yes. But anyways, long story short, when I tried to cut some of my cookies, uh, it didn't cut in the right spot. So I lost like half my door and half a wall. So then the whole foundation was rough, uh, like rough and hard to, you know, like keep it all upright. And I, I finished one. I'm like, I'm moving on to the second little mini house. And then my first one will crumble. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, this is so embarrassing. Help. I yeah. tried to help. And then all of a sudden the roof of one of yours fell off because the one of the walls had broken. Yeah, so this is, it was just this, all bad. Yeah, but it this all is exactly out. why I'm not a civic engineer or structural engineer. I'll, I'll stick with computer science. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, mine turned out well. And it was fun overall though. Listen to some Christmas music. And yeah, and Brian, you decorated your apartment too. Yes, I was going to say that for next week's podcast. But well, we did it today. So we did do it today. And basically, what we did was we went out to uh, Michael's and I got a $20 Christmas tree. And it's four I, feet tall. And it's four feet tall. And I think I got some, and it came with lights. And it was, it was really nice because all, all the Christmas trees that I've had, you basically have to assemble each branch bit by bit. But this one, like, it just folds in on itself. So it's very easy to store. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we got some ornaments, I think, for, like, 15 more dollars. That was a pretty good deal. I mean, last year, I remember you and I went to, like, six different stores uh, looking for a mini tree. And I don't know, there's like, some sh- sort of supply chain shortage of Christmas trees last year. Yep. And they didn't have any anywhere. And then I accidentally bought a black Christmas tree. And it was a big On mess. Amazon, yeah. And, yeah, that was bad. So... This year was there's plenty of plenty of Christmas trees for you to purchase. Luckily, yes. No and this one's this, this one's fake, so I will have it. I'll have it ready to go next year as well. Yeah, and now you have all the ornaments you need, and you're set. Yep. 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 So this week we want to talk about two different things. First, we're going to talk about uh, Gonzaga's last few, uh, at least high-profile games. Not as much the other teams, but we recently played Texas, UCLA, and Duke, and we beat. Texas and UCLA, and we came very close within three points of beating Duke. So we're going to talk through each of those games um, and just kind of talk about how we how we're doing this season so far, and then we're going to talk about how uh, Canada is has had to tap into their maple syrup reserves. Yes, shocking stuff. <laughs> yeah, so you know, just wait for that one at the end of the podcast. I know you'll be on the edge of your sheet, seat until then but we got to talk about Gonzaga basketball. Right. That's what we do. Yes, exactly. So the first of the three, uh, basically top 25 high profile games was Gonzaga against Texas. And for the most part, we pretty much, uh, it was kind of a blowout. The score ended up being 86 to 74, but uh, basically by halftime, we were already leading by 20 points with a four score of 47 to 27. Yes. And Drew Timmy had, who is one of the, you know, favorites for a player of the year awards. Um, he had a career high of 37 points and he just kept on scoring. Basically. I remember at one point, incredible yeah, I remember game. at one point he had more points than Texas, you know, like early <laughs> in the game, but uh, yeah, so he had 37 points, which is career high for him. So congratulations. He's also and, from Texas. I know. So yes, he's from Texas. I mean, he just wanted to really prove his worth to his state exactly. at, the, at this time. So this game was played on November 13th. So about two weeks ago. Um, and at that time, Texas was number five in the country and, we have remained number one through all these games so far. Yes. And, and to, to emphasize how good Drew Timmy was in this game, his field goal percentage, he went 15 for 19. So he was only missed four shots wow. out of, out of 19 attempts. So that's really good. And he got seven rebounds to go along with it. Um, Andrew Nemhard also, uh, also was, 
he's also been really good this year, I think. Um, Andrew Nemhard and uh, what's his name? Watson. Watson, uh, along with no, Andrew and Nemhard. And Chet Holmgren. And Chet. Actually, they've all been doing well. Yeah, but I mean, I want to <laughs> point out uh, Anton Watson, who got 10 points and five rebounds as well. Um, in 19 minutes. In 19 minutes. So that's that's pretty good. It's just, it's just coming in. I don't know if he's a starter, but. He's not. He On this game, he was not at least. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, they started off with a score of 47 to 27 at halftime. And then just basically coasted off of that huge, you know, like blowout of the early game to uh, coast to an 86 to 74 point win. And that was that was really good. It's a really good start to see us play against. That was our first big high profile, um, you know, like tough team to play against. I think maybe our first ranked team of the season. Um, I also yes. want to point out that Rasir Bolton also got four out of six three pointers during this game. So that's, that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yes, we will take that. We'll take that. And then next up on the list was UCLA. And well, that also we wanted to point out that we did play some other games between uh, between Texas and UCLA. We played Alcorn State, Bellarmine and Central Michigan won all of those games, including the Central Michigan game was 107 to 54. So hence why we don't really need to talk about those three games because they were all we won by at least over 30 points in all of these games. Uh, so we're just going to skip a few weeks, go down to November yeah. 23rd against number two UCLA. And as you would remember, last year we played UCLA in the final four game, and that's when Jalen Suggs saw the half shot court. his half court shot. That was the best, the best game ever. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that, that was definitely Gonzaga's best game ever, uh, especially in the March Madness. Yes. Yeah. So, so we, we were anticipating like a high, like a rematch, uh, you know, between the, you know, what we currently are the number one seed, UCLA is the number two seed and maybe they want revenge for, um, well, and a lot of players from both teams are still here that were there last year. So, I mean, Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, they're not here anymore. Um, but Drew Timmy and, you know, a bunch of players on the UCLA team are Nemhard. Yep. Yeah. Nemhard are all still here. So I was like, I mean, they want revenge. Like that was obviously a very close, close game. So I was a little worried, but very excited about this game. Yeah. And I think a lot of them know each other because they went to a, some like award ceremony for like best game of the year or whatever. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, the score ended up being uh, 83 to 63. So Ooh. that was, it was not as close as we anticipated. Uh, we once again jumped out to a pretty big lead at the beginning of the game and kind of coasted off of that as well. Uh, at the end of the first half, the score is 45 to 25. Once again, we ended that first half with a 20 point lead and we just held on to that 20 point lead, uh, you know, to basically end this, end the game with an 83 to 63 score. Uh, do you remember any note out, uh, notable plays or players that game, Mary? Um, I mean, overall, we just kind of dominated and I feel like all the starters, Tammy Holmgren, Strother, Bolton and Nemhart all had, you know, good games. Yeah. Nemhart, I believe was my key player of that game. Yeah. He scored 24 points. He got six assists, five rebounds and three steals. So he got a little bit of everything, which was, you know, it's great to see Nemhard uh, excel and succeed. Uh, Cause he was starting a little bit last year, but this year is really his big chance to shine. I think. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. So Timmy got 18 points. Chet Holmgren got 15. Uh, Julian Strother, uh, who is basically like a, a new player for us, but he's a transfer. 
I got mm-hmm. 12 points. And then once again, Nimhard, like I said, got 24. So it's a nice balanced, uh, balanced mix amongst uh, the Zags. And one of the key stats I'd like to point out was our field goal percentage. We shot 28 from for 50, which is over 50% field goal percentage, which is always good. And then our three-point percentage was almost 40%, which is really good for three-pointers because it's the most valuable point you can get. Uh, we got nine for 23. So overall, that was a really good game for Gonzaga. And we once again are still undefeated. We beat the number two seed and we are looking good. Yeah, this was also the good Sam Empire Classic and it was in Las Vegas. And so we won that. And then we remained in Las Vegas. So this was played uh, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And then we stayed in Las Vegas and played Duke on the day after Thanksgiving on Friday. And this was uh, Duke is number five in the nation. Um, and we're, like I said, still number one. And actually, Brian was flying back from right. San Antonio and his layover was in Las Vegas. And he landed at like, what, 5, 5.30, 4.30 uh, Las Vegas time. Right. And the game was at 7.30 and he, his flight to Seattle was not for a few hours. I mean, he obviously would have missed his flight if he'd gone to the game, but it was, he was like, it was, he was what, you were 2.5 miles away from T-Mobile Arena. And I was looking on StubHub. I'm like, tickets are $30. $30. Uh, And I was so torn. I was so torn. I'm like, I've never canceled a flight midway before. You should have done it. You really should have. Like, (laughs) I was like, I was going to pick you up from the airport, but I'd be happy to just pick you up the next day. If you could go to the, you know, two of your favorite teams were playing each other and you were, you know, a few miles away. I know. I'll probably never have that experience again. And it was uh, probably our last time playing uh, Duke while Coach K is the coach. Yeah, Mark Few against Coach K. That was, I mean, so you looking really back out. on it, I mean, I don't know if I, I mean, it was definitely a great game. Uh, you know, it was a nail oh, biter. All yeah. The I mean, way it was it. back and forth. I mean, Duke did play a little bit better, I'd say, but in the end of the day, like the the score was 84 to 81 and it was anyone's game by the end of the game. Yeah. At halftime, yeah. It was, I mean, the first half, I think you got, got up by at most nine or 10 points. Right. And but, then it came all the way back. We yeah. At halftime, the- it was 42 to 45. Gonzaga was only trailing by three. And then we both scored 39 points in the second half. So truly it was a very evenly matched game. Duke just happened to come out ahead. Yeah. They were basically one possession ahead of us because they beat us by three points, which is extremely good for us to, you know, like challenge ourselves against other top teams. It sucks to lose a game, but you know, sometimes it's good to get that out of the way. Uh, uh, I mean, this is before. a good loss. It's better than losing to, a, you know, a non-ranked team or something like that. And yeah. it's early in the season and we'll learn from this. We have a pretty, pretty young team um, overall lots of players who were not starters before who are now suddenly starters or who were maybe weren't even on the team last year um right well, strother got 20 points yes and he also had 10 rebounds um and then andrew nimhart had 11 assists which is pretty pretty good um our field goal percentage was uh 53.1 three-point percentage 28.6 we had 17 turnovers though and yeah that's only what eight so that might have been it. it, but we did have 42 rebounds and Duke had 31. So yeah, it was very good. We we definitely we this game was good for us because it definitely gives us something to work on. You know, when you're yes. winning all the time, it's hard to see what you need to improve on. But this, well, loss, especially once we get into the WCC uh, oh, yeah. schedule, it's gonna be like we just win all the games and yeah, it's never it's hard clear for us to learn anything from wins yeah. from all those wins and most of the time they're fairly easy wins or you know. Uh, also last year we were undefeated until the championship game. And so, and like, that would have been like an incredible season if we had won the championship game. So to just get this out of the way, we don't need to be perfect. 
it's okay to have a loss or possibly two before March. And this was not a bad loss at all. And no, we, we learned a lot from it. No. And, and I'd like to uh, reiterate, I hope we can just work on when we're playing against uh, teams with like uh, that are aggressive and have like aggressive defenses on us. I think our turnovers really killed us. I think we had a lot more turnovers in the first half than mm-hmm. the second half, but uh, we had nine more than Duke. So that's basically nine free possessions they had to play with. And we still only lost by three. So that's, that's really good. I think uh, we just have to clean that up a bit and it will be good for a potential rematch in March or whoever we play against. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy with this result. It was not a bad loss and you know, we can learn from this. Yes. And also one short other random little fact. Um, if you go on the ESPN website and you type in Joe few, which is Mark few son, who is a freshman on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, if you type in his name on the ESPN website, it has all his stats, but the picture on ESPN is Mark few. <laughs> so it's a little awkward because he's supposed to be what, like 18 or 19 years old. And it's a picture of his dad. And so this has been this way for weeks. I found this, I think on someone needs to send them an email. <laughs> I, someone had posted about it on Instagram a while ago and it's still like that. So I don't know. Yeah, it's gather ESPN. <laughs> I just thought that was a little funny. Um, let's see. And so we have a few upcoming games. We are next playing uh, Tarleton, uh, the Tarleton Texans. So I guess they're from Texas and followed by Alabama, which that is going to be a battle in Seattle. So that'll be very fun to go to next uh, week. And you know, after that, we don't have, we're playing UW um, about a week after that, but that's in Spokane. But other than that, we don't really have any high profile games, high profile games to. at all, actually. I, yeah. I would, I would say that with maybe the exception of BYU, which is currently yes, ranked, yeah. but yeah. that's more in the conference. And we'll, but that's we'll, not we'll go over January. So exactly. we still have like almost a month and a half until that game even happens. But I mean, and not like UW isn't ranked either, but at least they're a state rival. Yes, that should be interesting. Um, and so. Alabama is currently ranked 10th as of right now. So th- that should be a good game. And that's going to be in Climate Pledge Arena. And so that'll be mostly Zags. I'm, yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> no, it will be. I mean, unless there's a lot of Alabama fans flying in. But Randomly, there's yeah. a lot more Seattle Zags than uh, Seattle Alabama fans, I think. Yes. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about uh, Canada needing to tap into their reserve of maple syrup there because they're facing shortages. Right. So you guys have heard of like petroleum stockpile, oil stockpiles, but that's not the only strategic reserve being tapped into this season. Uh, Right now, the Canadian Federation that controls close to three quarters of the world's maple syrup production recently announced that it will release some 50 million pounds of maple syrup that's a lot <laughs> from its emergency stockpile, which is almost half of the reserve. So they're giving, they're, they're unlocking half of their reserve. This right is now. bad. Like what if, what if, you know, people, yeah, just... they better hurry up and get more. <laughs> Fill up the reserve again. Yes. Uh, uh, so basically what happened was uh, there was a strange, there's a strain and, you know, like the pandemic fuel fueled surge, much like everything supply chain, the fine chain stuff. Yeah. So uh, Quebec, which produces 73% of the world's maple syrup supply, was hit with a shorter and shorter and warmer spring, along with basically people gobbling up more maple syrup. <laughs> yeah, the United States accounts for about 60% of Canada's export volume. That's I did not realize we 
all use that much maple syrup. Yeah, it's all those Denny's and IHOPs. Uh, <laughs> Probably. I just was not aware. I don't remember the last time I've had syrup, but okay. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Uh, but do you have some stats on um, maple syrup population or maple syrup? Uh, uh, the maple syrup population. Maple syrup stats that come from Canada. Well, well, there's some consumer behavior stats I want to go over. Um, 272.21 million Americans use pancake or table syrup. Um, wow. The most popular brand of syrup or table syrup of pancake or table syrup among consumer consumers in the U.S. is Aunt Jemima, which I thought they were going to change the name, but I don't know if that's been decided yet. Um, and then the number of Aunt Jemima syrup customers in the U.S. is 128.48 million. Wow, that's a lot. I used to I used to have itch. I haven't bought syrup in a while, but I do remember buying the itch of my syrup. Yeah. Um the value of maple products exported from Canada is 385.96 million US dollars. That's a lot. That's and a lot like of money. I said, the leading export destination of all of Canada's maple products is the United States. Approximately 60% of all of the sir- their syrup comes to the US. Um and then the value of Canadian maple products exported to the U.S. is $227.72 million U.S. dollars. So that is just nuts. So is it all just because they just had a warmer and shorter spring? So it's a mixture of both. That, so they basically were able, they weren't able to, you know, get as big of a supply of maple syrup as they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming that's a little bit of climate change, but that also the fact that I think people are staying at home and uh, the CEO said, and I don't know exactly what he's talking about. People are having more pancakes <laughs> at home or what? I don't. Yeah. He's he said people are basically buying more syrup and mm-hmm. he said that because of the health benefits, but I don't know any health benefits. <laughs> just buying. What maple are the syrup. health benefits? I, I have no idea, but people are just buying more maple syrup. Um, and of course the CEO or whoever. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I'll buy all our syrup. It's really good for you. Wait, quick. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, it does. Okay. Here's a few health benefits. It contains numerous antioxidants. Um, you get a lower score on the glycemic index. It fights inflammatory diseases may help prevent against cancer, helps protect skin health, alternative to sugar for improved digestion, supplies, important vitamins and minerals, healthier alternative are artificial sweeteners, and it may enhance antibiotic effects. Okay. Well, that's actually pretty good. Who knew this guy yeah. actually knew what he was talking about? I mean, yeah, I know. Job. Yeah, I wonder if that's just maple syrup by itself because I know definitely know like the syrups that they, they add sugar to it as well. So you definitely oh, yeah. get more of a syrupy taste. But if you have the maple syrup like just by itself, I mean, it's sweet already. So yeah, it could be an alternative to sugar and maybe and that, that probably actually is healthier for you. So hey, there you this go. This is not the first time that the Canadian uh, syrup reserve has been in the headlines between 2011 and 2012, 3000 tons of maple syrup near valued at nearly 20 million Canadian dollars were secretly siphoned from the reserve in a notorious theft known as the great Canadian maple syrup heist. Who knew? I was not aware of this at the time. I was senior in high school. (laughs) I was not paying attention to, uh, the syrup, uh, the syrup news. (laughs) Um, but that's pretty interesting. Three yeah. people were arrested and five others were being sought in connection with the theft from the warehouse in Quebec. That's that's crazy. But don't <laughs> worry, two thirds of that syrup was recovered. Anyways, that was like nine years ago, but still I did not know about that. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, it takes a while for, I was just reading additional, uh, some facts on this and the maple syrup trees, uh, have to basically grow 30 to 40 years old to be mature enough before Mm. they can be tapped for maple syrup. So it takes a while for these trees to grow. I don't think anyone's like cutting these specific trees down or anything, but that's also very interesting. They also said that you have to have cold nights and then warm days to make the sap run because there's pressure in the tree, according Mm. to a forestry professor. Cold nights and warm days. Yeah. Okay. That's usually what the day is like. Maybe that wasn't, maybe they didn't have enough of those. Maybe, yeah, not enough warm days or too many warm nights as well. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah let's hope that they can hurry up let's hope that they have a better year next year because they, they already just lost 50 percent of the world's uh or 50 how are they going to catch their... up how are they going to catch up if people are you know getting more and more syrup and now we're going through the reserve how are they going to catch up they're going to have to they're probably going to raise the price so less people guess buy so. it maybe and then they can save more I don't or know. To plant more trees in 30 to 40 yeah. years, then they'll you know be what? ready That's to go. That's a great idea. This could be an environmental uh, project. We just plant more maple trees because, you know, they, they give them oxygen. That's, that's great. That's, that's honestly, that's great. <laughs> I can get behind that. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have for this week. But next time we talk to you, it'll be December, which is crazy. But yes. hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and a good week ahead. And go Zags. Go Zags. Bye, guys. Bye.